Welcome to Remember Me by Intervivos, the show about living life to its fullest, leaving a legacy, and deciding how you will be remembered. And now, your humble team of expert planners, taking the legal world by storm. Welcome to Remember Me. This is the show where we talk about leaving a legacy and how you want to be remembered. I'm Mike Black today. I'm uh, hosting for Glenn Wagstaff, who's away on business. And I'm joined today by uh, James Brewer from uh, Envision Wealth Planning. Hey, James, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, always glad to be on. Yeah, I'm going to call you JB because that's what you'd prefer. So I, I know it says James. So glad. Hey, uh, JB, why don't you tell us a little bit about about yourself and what you do, and uh, just kind of give us up, get us up to speed on things. Well, in addition to being a uh, personal finance contributor to Forbes.com, I am the CEO of Envision Wealth uh, Planning. Uh, we help people experiencing money uncertainty pursue freedom through smarter money moves. Um, we often help people with uh, issues such as retirement planning, uh, helping them save on the cost of college, uh, navigate student loans, and uh, issues that uh, also incorporate estate planning. Oh, thank you. That's, well, that's that's good because, you know, we're working together because we are an estate planning law firm. That's, it's good that we can work together. <clears throat> um, today, we kind of wanted to uh, talk about the single life. Um, we've talked about this before you, you know, you, Glenn and I have gotten together. We've talked about the single life and, uh, we wanted to kind of approach it from maybe an early single life or maybe later on in the show, we talked about a little, some other things, but, you know, I remember when I was a kid and, uh, my parents kicked me out of the nest and I didn't know anything. I absolutely knew nothing. I, I, I was, okay. You told me a term too, but I was frugal. I could say like crazy. <laughs> And I could save and save and save. So I was, I felt like I was pretty good on that thing on that, on my side of, of the, the fence, you know, so I, I could save. I, in fact, uh, my brothers would always come to me for loans and people would come to me for loans because I had money. Mm-hmm. I knew how to take care of it. But you know, when I got out to, into the real world and had to be an adult, th- things started to change. I mean, I, I bought a car, paid cash for it. Great kind of thing. But then I wasn't taught that I needed insurance. My dad finally said, you know, hey, do you have insurance? I can't remember if something happened, but I needed insurance. And he goes, oh, well, you better get it. So he told me, gave me his agent and went from there. But, you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but kind of um, some of the things that parents could do. Can you kind of explain some of those things that you see from your perspective that parents could do to help prepare their kids for single life alone away from the home? Uh, sure. Somewhere, I think, in the uh, teen, let's call it the high school years, um, you know, usually some people have an idea, am I going to go off to college or I'm going to, you know, start working immediately or some hybrid of the two. So that could uh, kind of guide what the where the conversation needs to go. Uh, the thing that always, you know, kind of bothers me when it comes to the college side is that, Usually the child says, hey, I want to go to whatever school because it's cool or somebody that I know, my friend or whomever is going to go there. But th- there's really not a conversation regarding, well, the affordability 
of that very thing. So more and more people are taking out student loans, which, you know, has become like the biggest loan that people are, are taking. And it just kind of continues to get fed. And what's odd is people who couldn't qualify for a home loan are getting student loans. And depending upon the school that you're going to, that might actually be more money than the house that you would have bought once you got out of school. It's important that people learn, well, there's something called credit rating. There's something called uh, interest. And how does interest get added on to a loan? So often people look at the first dollar amount and the principal value of the loan, but not at all calculate what's the all-in going to be if you pay it over 10 years, pay it over 30, 30 years, what, that, uh, what that's going to be. So in the case that you were kind of giving, hey, if I'm going to immediately uh, you know, start working or you know, some kids who are blessed to have a car when they go to school is, well, hey, you know, there's certain things. How are you going to take care of this? Oh, you mean I got to take care of it? Yeah. So taking care of it includes this thing called insurance. Well, geez, I just thought all I did was, you know, make the payment either, you know, your case paying it off with cash, but a lot of people are taking on loans and hey, well, what happens if the car gets totaled? Oh, um, maybe there's a thing called gap insurance, which is one of the most undersold insurances around because people will find out that sometimes the value of the vehicle and what is still owed to the finance company, even after your you know, collision is paid, there's a gap in that price. You've got to come out of pocket. Don't have the money. There's a new loan. Let's not. Now we're back in the uh, loan ringer. So, you know, so there's kind of some fundamental conversations that people can have. Sometimes it's as simple as cash flow. Like, okay, um, you make, you know, $10. Um, should you save some of that $10? <laughs> you know, I, like I said, you know, I was good at saving when I was uh, a kid. I was, I could save like crazy. But, you know, I had no idea what, like you said, credit rating. I had no idea what a credit rating was. And, and you know, when you're paying cash for everything, you don't develop a credit rating because, if you don't take loans out, you just pay it off. You know, there's nothing there, right? Well, that and, you know, what some parents do, um, hey, uh, mom, dad, I want to get this blah, 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 and I can't do it alone. But they told me if I got a co-signer, yep. uh, then I could get it. And then there's also co-signing of uh, student loans. Um, that a lot of people don't actually realize because it's so easy to sign. Just imagine the flow of how the pen and the ink go on the piece of paper. It's so easy. doesn't look like it's an issue. Well, guess what, parent? That loan is now going to show up on your credit report as you owing, even if you're not making the payments and you tell your child you're going to make the payments. So that might Im uh, impede you uh, purchasing something or doing something you want to do because now you've added that burden onto your own. Um, you know, and the child, I had somebody call me recently, a child who took out a loan, they never made a payment. I know it's hard for you to believe that, Mike, that they never made a payment. The person asked me, well, the, the parents are thinking, is it a good idea or is there anything bad if we go pay off the loan for our child? And I said, well, the bad thing is the kid's going to do it again. Yes. Because you've told them, I'm going to bail you out. So, so I just think that there are some lessons that, and, and sometimes it's better to have hard lessons at the time. That loan was only like $6,000. Better that the child learn on defaulting on 6000 
then learn the hard way on, say, a loan for a house that's two hundred thousand, six hundred, a million dollars, depending upon where you live. It's better that they learn early. Yeah, that's a good uh, point, because, you know, the earlier you learn things like that, the better off you'll be later on. I mean, the principles you learn early and you try to stick to the the good principles, I think this is the the way to go. Um, You know, my wife and I came from two different complete, completely two different backgrounds. And her spending habits were different than mine. And uh, trying to train her, I, I don't want to say that because, you know, you don't want to train your wife, right? Well, you said it, you, you've, it's, you already said it on the, on the air, so it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, just if she ever asked, I, I wasn't there. You, you didn't hear me say that. But trying to teach my wife some things that I've learned my whole life and trying to help change, you know, some ways her spending habits is difficult. But if, you know, if we can teach the kids of the parents, and I think this goes back to what you said, the parents sometimes don't know themselves, you know, because I, I know uh, a lot of parents that don't know themselves and have that, and then they perpetuate that. Well, you know, one of the reasons that I am a uh, firm believer of financial planning and uh, cash flow management tools, um, going back to the wife situation and, and child as well, is if you show someone, if you continue on the path that you're at right now, then here's where you're going to land 5, 10, 20, whatever the time period in the future. So if that is, I want a comfortable retirement, you know, the, uh, I don't know, the spending, the going out, the whatever that you were doing before that was taking that cash, then down the road, you're going to look and say, man, but now we can't retire or now we can't take that vacation. Well, you had the cash flow. So sometimes showing people, you know, where the current behavior is headed. And let's say if we reallocate, rethink where this money could be put, then we can get better results. No, that's a very good point. And um, after the break, let's uh, discuss some of those things. But James, uh, JB, why don't you uh, let everybody know kind of how people can get a hold of you if they have some questions or want to, uh, you know, get some more advice? Um, well, uh, it's James Brewer, JB at envision e-n-b-i-s-i-o-n wealth dot u-s um, or you can call me direct 773-699-4756 all right and uh thanks uh, jb well we'll be joined and thanks for listening everybody we'll uh, come back after the break back to the show everybody uh we're here with uh jb brewer from uh envision wealth planning and uh we've been talking about the single life we talked earlier about uh the early single life as in being you know thrown out of the nest in college years and things like that we kind of like to just explore maybe progressively getting older maybe 30s and 60s and maybe beyond a bit that a bit so jb as you as you get older you start to learn things right I mean, you look at my hair, you think I've got a lot of wisdom, you know, but uh, sometimes wisdom, wisdom doesn't come with age. It comes with actually um, nurturing and uh, nature and things like that. So as you get older, if you decide not to get married or if you decide to be single, what, what kinds of things do you look at as a financial planner? 
Well, I have a couple of clients that come to mind, uh, single ladies. Uh, they just haven't found the right situation uh, for themselves, but, you know, make, you know, decent income if if that were an issue. So sometimes it's having to say to yourself, you know, maybe I won't ever have that person, right? Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that's a bit emotional for people who might have had assumptions um, about when they would find someone. Uh, my my wife was starting to think about that until you know we I found her in in her in her 30s, but you know one of the things is to say okay, what can I start to do today to ensure my own future? Um, I like to call things money freedom rather than this idea of uh, retirement, which which just can have some odd connotations or negative connotations for people. So that means that you will you will have some systematic savings of some sort. So you talked about early in your life being really good at saving. Some people, it might mean that they need to change their behavior, but it's just not saving alone per se because, well, what if there's an emergency situation? Do you have savings that would uh, be in an emergency fund or some people rather call it opportunity fund? What about the longer-term saving, which would be something for retirement um, or this money freedom concept that I, I, I believe in? So how you would invest that money changes. Now you start to introduce the idea of tax planning. So what has become the you know, kind of go-to get a 401k or an IRA, uh, that is actually just simply a way for the government to provide some tax incentives, but it's not the only way for you to save for your money freedom in the future. Uh, Depending upon when you decide that money freedom date is, you actually may not want all of your money in those other things because you're going to get hit with a penalty once you start tapping those funds. If your idea of money freedom is age 52 and not age 59 and a half when the 10% penalty goes away. Some of the other things have their own rules, but let's not get into that right now. Then one of the challenges I still believe is that most people don't start to think is, well, hey, I'm single. Uh, what happens if something happens to me physically? You know, I've got the health insurance probably through my workplace, but what if I, you know, get disabled? I get hit by a car or suddenly, you know, I find out that I have some debilitating illness. I always share people, I'm a bit skewed on this concept because I, in my 40s, ended up getting two or three disability income protection checks because one day I went to the doctor, which led to one thing and another thing, and next thing you know, I had three surgeries. So who knew? Most people today say, wow, you look really healthy. I'm like, well, there was that period when I wasn't so healthy, and I was really glad that I did have that disability income protection, which still you know, kept the dollars coming into my household when I couldn't work. Um, especially if you're working at a smaller employer, some larger employers um, may include that as a, a company benefit or be able to take the impact of you not working. But more and more uh, companies aren't as generous in that particular area anymore. So to me, it's just really smart to have that. Well, you also bring up another good point, you know, making decisions. If you're incapacitated, you can't make decisions for yourself at that point. You know, that's that's got to be done. You've got to ha- have a health directive. So right. That, uh, you know, you talk to your a lawyer and get that that taken care of, you know, 
Yes. College kids now, they're 18 years old, they're out of the house. They need that kind of thing because they're no longer part of their parents' household. So. Right, right. And and sometimes people have, you know, a, uh, a boyfriend, girlfriend, it could be living, not living, they're close, however that works out. And I said, but if they go to the hospital, they don't have any rights unless somebody wrote some rights in. That's right. And so that's, that's where you get into the legally binding document, basically that health directive. So they know that there's a document saying that if I'm incapacitated, this is the person that makes the decision for me. And sometimes even the single people find themselves uh, involved in, in helping family members, could be their parents. Um, I've got one client right now who, you know, is act, actually two who are actively uh, part of their family's life. One is needing to help um, their parents financially along with their sisters. Um, then another one uh, shared with me that um, they've got some uh, conservatorship and guardianship regarding a, uh, a parent who's got some uh, mental issues. But then I discovered that that person doesn't have any documents of their own, which I found shocking. So, you know, sometimes when there's a diagnosis of something, that moves people to action. But then there has been no diagnosis of any particular problems of hers, which can easily make things be, I'll get to it later. But, you know, suddenly you're driving down the road, somebody T-bones you. I'm giving you all my life stories. I got T-boned about four years ago. Um, and, and the next thing you know, like, oh, my gosh, first I decided, you know, it wasn't my time because I saw it coming and I said, oh, God, and you know, I thought it was, oh, God. And, and then fortunately, after the accident, um, I said, well, but the car was totaled. I wasn't. Um, fortunately, you know, the engineering in the, in the vehicle worked, uh, but you just never know. So so people have really got to stop kind of kicking certain, you know, cans down the road and thinking, ah, I'll get to it later, especially when you're single, because you never know uh, what's going to happen. And then, um, you know, let, let's start talking about, you know, as people age. So sometimes, you know, we think, oh, we're you're young and I'm so attractive, now, whether or not you have a face that says that, at least to yourself, you're like, hey, I'm still attractive. Someone's got to find me attractive. But then next thing you know, you're in your 60s. Yep. And you're still single. And I think more and more people are just not just going to say, I'm going to get married just to get married, get into a relationship. You know, in fact, I really want to find the right person. And until I do, I'm, I'm you know, comfortable in being single. So now you have a whole new set of potential issues, but now at this point, maybe you have some assets that you didn't have before. Right. Um, you know, beneficiary designations that made sense when you were in your 30s may not make sense now that you're in your 60s, especially if you were passing the assets on to, to parents, that parents who may be incapacitated or uh, passed away, deceased. Have, have passed away. Yeah. So, so, so it's kind of those things that usually are in front of mind. Those tend to often be in the back of our mind. Yeah. You know, it's a, uh, you, you bring up a lot of good points because, you know, you have to start thinking about things at different stages and you know, your life is dynamic. It's not static. It changes all the time. And like you said, you know, a T-bone, you could be T-boned and that can change your life dramatically. I mean, fortunately for you, you're okay. Your car was total, but you, you know, and those are just things, but you know, your health, your 
you could have been seriously injured, you know, yes. but yes. you know, those kinds of things you have to really think about. And, uh, you know, being single, there is a problem with, well, there's an, I wouldn't say a problem, but there's a, a challenge there to, to take care of it. And usually, you know, in between 30 and 60, there were going to would have been multiple life transitions of sorts that have happened to you. And, you know, sometimes people look at them, you know, the death of a parent, the death of a uh, brother or sister that might make them think about something. But yet, you know, often that's a fleeting thought and then we move move back on. So it's kind of important to, you know, take a, a really deeper dive look and say, hey, do, do, do the set of circumstances that I thought when I made these decisions have they changed enough that I now need to go seek a professional to update my wishes? Yeah. You know, my dad was uh, very good because he started uh, his estate planning really, really in his early years. I mean, I was really, really young when he, when he started it, but you know, for legal advice, you know, you can contact uh, intervivos. Uh, we can t- contact us at intervivosplan.com or 801-477-1570. right? Okay, and uh, JB, can you tell us how to get a hold of you? Uh, EnvisionWealth.us. EnvisionWealth.us is the website, and you can contact me through there. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next week. 